This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey, guys. Do you want to last longer in bed, but you don't want to worry about lasting longer in bed or be thinking about it while you're in bed? (laughs) Well, then you need to get yourself some promescent delay spray. Now, I know what some of you guys are thinking. I don't need delay spray. I don't have PE, but promescent delay spray is not just for guys with PE. It is for any guy who wants to last longer in bed without having to worry about it. And that's because their delay spray is not going to totally numb you out and it's not going to transfer it to your girl. And for your girl, they have a whole line of women's products. I'm never without their warming gel. They also have supplements that are going to make you both hornier called Vitaflux. They have everything you need for a really fun night of sex. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself some Promescent products. Go to promescent.com slash strictly anon to get 15% off your whole order. So order up. That's promescent.com slash strictly anon. Go there now to get 15% off your whole order. They have a 60 day money back guarantee. They have free shipping and your package is going to arrive discreetly. So just go to promescent.com slash strictly anon or just go to the description and click on the link. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you haven't followed the Strictly Anonymous Podcast yet on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous.
if you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices on my show to make everybody anonymous. You could change your name. You could call me from a phony email, phony number. I don't care. I don't even need to know who you are. I just want to hear your true story. If you want to be on the show, go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Now, if you have just a little confession that you want to leave, you could do that on my private confessions line. You could call that 24-7, the number 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that, like I said, I think, 24-7. You have four minutes to leave a message. Make sure you're in a quiet place and you speak clearly. All of those anonymous confessions are aired on my Patreon. Now, my Patreon is a really great place because for just $5 a month, you're going to get all the anonymous confessions. There's hundreds of them. You're also going to get all the anonymous pics of all of my guests. Basically, every single girl except maybe one in the past three years have sent me in anonymous pics of them. They're R-rated, but they're sexy pics. You're going to get a pic of my caller today. Oh, you also get early and ad-free episodes, but the best part of my Patreon nowadays is you get free access to my private Discord. Now, you only can get in my Discord if you're a member of my Patreon, and that's where people get X-rated. There's over 1,500 people, I think, now on my Discord. I know my caller today. Joey Panama is going to be on there. You could see him in all his glory over there on my Discord. It's $5 a month on my Patreon. You could cancel it at any time. It's Patreon dot com slash strictly anonymous podcast patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast now if you're driving or you're listening and you didn't take down any of that information i just said don't worry about it it's all in the description now today i have on kim lee you're gonna laugh at this episode sometimes <laughs> kim lee has a book she wrote a book about her story <laughs> the swinger in the mirror all about her experience and the lifestyle. But it was funny because there were certain times where she wasn't telling the story correctly. And you know me, if you listen to my show, I was like, what the fuck, Kim? You're going to be happy I interrupt her sometimes to get the full story and move her along. She's got a very interesting story. Kim Lee was married for a really long time, about seven years into it. They started dipping their toes in the water, going to swingers club, sniffing around. Eventually, they wind up having a foursome with a couple, and then they get involved in this whole foursome swapping thing with neighbors. Now, let me just tell you, look out your window for all you people that live in the suburbs and look down the street, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of you people are living on a block where couples are fucking each other, okay? Because that shit does go down, okay? It's not like it doesn't, and it happens more in the swingers clubs. I mean, in the suburbs, I think, than in the city. But seriously, they were like best friends with these neighbors, they wound up eventually uh, doing swaps with them. She talks about it. She talks about what went down. But their swaps were very much controlled by the neighbor's wife. She was the bossy one in the foursome. And she eventually caused some problems. And that's where the story gets interesting. Because eventually her husband wound up fucking that wife behind her back. Okay, but before that, you see where it was going wrong. There were some red flags. Like this woman would just like... Whenever they played and they did swapping with the other couple, that neighbor couple, it was always solo. Each couple went in solo places. She talks about how that went down, why that went down, um, how long they did it, uh, and then how it started to change. Because that woman eventually went in after her man. After they ended things, she wound up finding out that her husband was with her uh, behind her back 
he copped to it. They were able to get past it, which I give them credit for. And she talks about that too at the end. And now they're back in the lifestyle. So they, she has a full, super interesting story. A couple that were in the lifestyle, something about the lifestyle kind of fucked things up for them. <laughs> they had hit a really rough patch because of it. But after working through it, they are now into swapping still and they still play with other couples and uh, they learn from their experience. Now they have different kinds of rules and regulations. Um, so anyway, her story is super interesting. She wrote a whole book about it, The Swinger in the Mirror. I'll put an, uh, a link to it in the description. To, she talks about it at the end, but you're going to love her whole story. So I'm going to get right to it and be right back on with Kim Lee. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hi, Kim Lee. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. I kind of enjoy, uh, you know, swingers gone wrong story or threesome gone wrong stories. I just like to uh, show all different, uh, what would you say, outcomes to certain lifestyles. I'm not here to say, oh, this works every fucking time. And I'm not here saying, oh, it never works, right? I like to show all different kinds of stories. So people could, because I think people could learn from both. They could learn from a story that went right and was successful and they could learn from a story that went wrong and wasn't successful. Basically, you have were in the lifestyle. I don't know if you're still in it, but I'm going to get your whole story. You were uh, in the lifestyle with your husband. You had a foursome and then wound up finding out later or at some point, I can't wait to find out the real story, that your guy, your husband, was secretly seeing one of the women that was involved in that foursome, right? It always blows my mind that people cheat on people who allow them to fuck other people to begin with. It never ceases to amaze me that here it is. He has got a girl who lets him fuck other people right in front of him, right? You were having foursomes with him and he still had to go behind your back. Like why? It's just dumb, but it happens, right? Absolutely. I think that's a misnomer about being in the lifestyle that people think that cheating is not going to occur. Uh, it happens actually more than you realize I think even though you're in the lifestyle, you, you feel like you have permission to have sex with other people, play around, that you can still um, not communicate with your partner and, and do things that possibly could de derail your relationship. So I think it's important that the partners are stable in their relationship. They're communicating their needs to avoid having this extramarital situation even in the lifestyle yeah because cheating sometimes isn't just about sex right i think marriage is like a pie there's different pieces of it you have to tend to all pieces you can't let anyone go out the window so maybe you had a great sex life with your husband what do you think happened in your relationship that made him go and cheat with that woman was it just like some sort of instant connection or was there issues going into that foursome yeah, I think it wasn't really on our side. Now that I've had time, it's been over over 14 years since it's happened. So I've had time to reflect about what happened and what went wrong. And I think there was some prior communication issues between myself and my husband where he felt he couldn't communicate everything truthfully to me. But I think the bigger problem was on the other end, the other woman, where she had issues. I think where it got complicated, she was became my best friend. And because she had issues that I wasn't aware of, 
and she was more into the whole foursome than I realized. That's where all the like the the, the complications and everything went up, uh, went out the window. It was amazing at first, and then it just because she, I guess in a nutshell, she fell in love with my husband, and so there was that emotional connection. Yeah, well, let's go all the way back, and then we'll get back to this story. And at that point, when we get the whole backstory, I think it'll make more sense, right? But let's get back to like how you even opened up your marriage and decided to become a swinger. Tell me that story. Oh, and we want to say that you have a book, okay? And we're going to put links to it, and at the end, we'll talk about it. But and so this is all chronicled, even you know, even more so in your book, which is called "The Swinger in the Mirror." What's the tagline again? Uh, yeah, the swinger in the mirror, um, my secret life, because honestly, uh, there was a lot of secrets that was going on in my life and that I didn't realize. Yeah. So let's go all the way back, Kim. How long into your marriage and how did the whole opening up of it come to be? We had been married probably around, I would say around seven years. We started not really going right into the lifestyle. It was more of just voyeur watching, looking. We, we were testing the, the waters, basically. We uh, went to a few clubs, uh, LS clubs, uh, but we never really participated. And and it was something that we never, we talked about, but we didn't really actually do. I think we were just nervous about ac- actually stepping into it, what that would mean or what that would look like. But I think what happened was probably around 10 years into our marriage, it was, I don't know if this is normal or not, but we had neighbors. That's how it all started. And it was not something we actually created or wanted to pursue. It was just, it was a friendship. It was neighbors. We had similar uh, situations, young children going to the same schools. So we connected on that level where we felt very comfortable. We were seeing each other every weekend, every Fridays and just having a drink And I think it started from there, building that friendship, not realizing or not thinking or anticipating that something more was going to happen. And then it happened. But wait, before that, when you guys were actually going to LS clubs, like you said, back in that, in your day, right? Because you're saying this happened a while ago. Most couples didn't take that leap and go. Who was the one that brought up, hey, let's go to a swingers club and watch people have sex? I mean, how did that even start? It's funny. I think we both throughout our marriage that we were both very open to sex talks and just sort of going there and just wondering, well, how do you feel about this or about this scenario about hooking up with someone else? And it just happened really organically. So it was nothing where he was forcing something or I forced. It just came together very naturally. So we just moved along along that wave, I guess, towards more and sort of and seeing, okay, well, what about doing this or doing that? So it was very natural for us in terms of the process. So it was like dirty talk between you guys and fantasy first. Uh, and then eventually yes, you guys went to clubs and you went to a bunch of clubs and saw people. Did you ever have sex when you were there in front of people or did you just strictly no. watch? No, we didn't go to a bunch of clubs. We only went to one or two clubs from what I remember. And we just watched. It was very interesting it was just very new and we didn't I don't think we neither of us wanted to pull the trigger on it we just wanted to see how we felt and go from there and so now you're like hanging out with this couple friend next door and you're Mm -hmm. getting 
you know, close with them. Is it like alcohol or something? Like, how does it go from you know just what? neighbor <laughs> friends to like you're all naked hooking up? <laughs> it seems to be the common denominator yes. with a lot of stories I hear. And that was probably definitely one a situation for us. We saw them every weekend, became a very routine situation where we would go to their house. They would come to our house. We'd have drinks. And one night there was one too many drinks and it was a late night. And then... It was the ladies that really just started where we were just in the bathroom, just connecting and we ended up kissing. And when we were kissing, we were realizing that this is, this is very novel, very new. And somehow we just stopped and then we left the bathroom and went, joined back with our husbands. And then they were just talking about something. And then we just, I remember my friend started initiating the whole thing. And I think that's how it all unraveled. Okay, so how much did it unravel that first time? It was just very soft. I mean, it was just kissing and I went to her partner, her partner, my husband was with her. So it was just very, a lot of kissing and touching, but nothing more than that. So it was very, the very beginning but you kissed her and then you went and kissed her husband and her, you, you let her kiss your husband. That's what went down. That's it. That's right. Okay. And it stopped there. No one got like corny or no, to push it further. No, that, <laughs> no, it just, it's it pretty much stopped there. I think we were all, because it was just, it came out from left wing and we just didn't know how far we wanted to go. We didn't even know that they were in, even in the lifestyle or they were even remotely thinking about it. So I think that's why we just stopped at that moment and was getting late as well. So it was a good reason to stop. And then the next day she and I were on a call and just wondering, are you okay? Are you okay? Is this going to affect our friendship? So I, I think that's probably the reason why we stopped because we, it blurred the whole line between friendship and then going further than this, because this is something that neither of us, expected but when you get home or, or they leave i don't remember whose house you were at where you said to your husband what the fuck just happened or did you guys just pass out because you were drunk i mean because i think that's kind of a big deal if all of a sudden you allow yeah. your husband to make out with the woman who lives next door and you're now making out with her husband were you guys like freaked out or were you horny for it what was that conversation like after that's yeah. That's a really good question because honestly, it was really late. They had to go. We had to go. Oh, we had to get some sleep because we knew we had some stuff we had to do with the kids early in the morning. So we, I think we pretty much, he, my husband and I, we connected, and we saved the talk for the morning. And I just before I had to, we had our event. I had that discussion with him, like, how do you feel? Are you okay? What happened last night? And he was surprisingly fine. It was very comfortable with them, maybe because we had been friends already. So there was a comfort level of familiarity. And so for him, he felt fine. I was more concerned about my relationship with my best friend. I think it's one thing if you go to a club and you're just meeting random people, strangers, there's no connection. It's just purely physical. Here's a different scenario where you're going into it, where there's a physical aspect, but then there's the friendship. And that gets that's where it gets very blurred and potentially complicated. 
So okay. wait, so you're telling me you make out these people. That's the first time you saw your guy like kissing another girl and he saw you with someone else. Like, was that weird for you guys? No, honestly, we actually had another foursome before that that had sort of gone awry oh as well. Yeah, thank God I'm on the fucking calls with people. So a lot of times you see in comments, oh, Kathy interrupts people. Thank fucking God I interrupt people because like you jumped from, oh, we just went to Swingers Club once and we just looked and then you're going to this whole lame foursome where you just kiss each other and nothing happens. But yet you had mm-hmm. a hardcore foursome before that you skipped over. Okay, get to that story first because it really changes what happened at that time i'm thinking the reason why i'm asking all these dumb questions like how did you feel when you saw your guys because i'm thinking this is the first time you guys have hooked up with other people in front of each other but it wasn't you had an actual foursome before so let's go there and then we'll go back to the neighbors okay so that first foursome that we've ever had um it was actually a couple that we met at church uh-uh. Yeah. Oh my God. Even yeah. better. You're skipping the fucking foursome <laughs> with the couple at the church. Oh my God. Thank God. I'm Maybe it's a Freudian oh slip or not a slip. Oh but my yeah, God. we met them at church, and it was not something like I said. We we were never looking into the. I didn't. We didn't even know what the lifestyle was all about. To tell you the truth, so we we're going into it where it was again just meeting a nice couple had young children we had the same kind of interests and the same scenario happened where we met them more and more hung out at each other's houses and we just did like very platonic things and then one day we decided to go to a restaurant and it just became a little bit more touchy-feely and that's where it evolved from that so that sort of started the whole foursome with that couple. Well, where did it go from there? We had gone down south with our the, the, the children. Both families went down, and that's when we had our first connection where we actually fully swapped. And it was very difficult because of our family situation that we didn't have the time to have as many encounters. So it was very few and far between that we actually had. So I think it was more of a a beginning for both of us where we didn't want to jump into it too quickly. It was very... You got a full swap. You went from fondling each other in a bar to going on a vacation and full swapping while your kids were sleeping. Yes. That's not too slow. Okay, so tell me about that full swap. I mean, going into it, after you realize that these this couple from the church that you're friends with are hot and horny for you guys, even though you act as if you knew nothing about the lifestyle, you got, you had an inkling for it. You had the stench uh, on you because you had been to clubs. You obviously had a part of you that was open to it. So now this couple hits on you. You, you take the offer. You both know you're interested in each other. You're going on a trip. Do you and your husband talk to each other about like, oh, I would be totally cool seeing you fuck her. And he's like, I'd be totally cool seeing you fuck him. I mean, because some people don't don't want to see their partner with anybody else. I mean, did you talk about that before you full swapped with them? Yeah, we, we definitely talked about it. We talked about it. I mean, we've always, like I said, we've always communicated during our sex talk and about what we wanted to see. So we talked to each other about how this is going to all look like um, if 
we have that first time together. And he was very okay with it. And as I was okay with it. So as you said, but you know, more we than were okay, both... were you both horny for it? Were you like, wow, I'm really down to see you fuck someone else? And was he like, I really have a thing to want to see you fuck another guy? Absolutely. I okay. mean, I think that's part of absolutely. That's part of what made our relationship more exciting because we were both very honest about what we wanted to see in our sex life together and with other partners. So that was where it was the beginning of actually translating it between the the fantasy, the talk and and put it into actual action. And this was the first time. So now, you know, all this talk about seeing each other, fuck other people in front of each other. Now it's on the table and it's going to go down and you have sex with this couple. Mm -hmm. And how was it? It it was, I think because it, it was new for everybody, it was good, but it wasn't great. There was a lot of like nervousness in doing it. And we were all in the same room. So everyone could see what each other were doing. So I think there was, it wasn't great. I think that first time was definitely more nerves, more apprehension compared to the next time that we had sex together. Now, besides you like banging her husband and vice versa, did you hook up with the woman as well? Mm -hmm. So that was something you wanted to do? Yeah, I didn't realize that I enjoyed being with another woman. It was something that was very new and very foreign to me because I always thought I was just a straight woman. I've never, I mean, I appreciate a woman's body, but I've never been with another woman. So I think when we, when I and the the other woman connected, it was my first time actually feeling that there's more to this than I realized that I actually enjoyed it more. And I think over time, I, my whole concept of being a, a woman, a bisexual woman, evolved over time. And I think that was the first experience that led the way. Right. So how many times did you hook up with them? And we got better on the second time and then it was like fucking great. I mean, because um, listen, being in the I, same room is part of the turn on, I would think. I mean, I know that you said it made absolutely. you nervous at first, but I mean, eventually I would assume that looking over and seeing your guy and him looking over and seeing you, what I've heard from people, I've never done anything like that myself. But what I've heard is that's the turn on to see your partner pleasing someone else, to see them being pleased, et cetera. Absolutely. I think that's for us, for my husband. And I, I mean, that we, that's what actually makes our sex life so much better is because we're able to be in the same room on the same bed ideally where we're all connected and seeing watching and experiencing and so for us it's it was very erotic it was very like I think if anything the sex part was the best just being with him and watching with someone as opposed to me just having sex with this this my new partner that was fine but it was the actual seeing my husband with someone else. I think that was really the turn on for me. And like I said, we, I think we might have had three or four more encounters. It wasn't a whole lot that we had experienced with them. And then it just petered out. I think it ran its course. Now, did you guys, like, how was the reclaiming sex afterwards? That is always the best part. And I don't know if other people can say, but for us, we 
that's the part what really drives our relationship or the, the, the sex, the, the attraction between my husband and I is being able to watch. And then after our moment with the foursome, that we can re- reconnect with each other, that I can reclaim him. I feel like I need to bring him back to me. And I think that was the best part of the whole experience, really. Right. So that was the only time you played with other people until this neighborhood kiss thing went down? That's right. Okay, so now you have that one night. It's pretty PG. There's just light kissing. You guys have, though, experienced full swaps and stuff. So there's no need for all my questioning about the fucking conversation because now I know you had done stuff before. So you know you guys are open to fucking these people because you've done it in the past. So how did it progress with that couple? Yeah, and I think the reason why we didn't go into it really deeply is because... we didn't know how they were feeling, whether they were even down for the whole situation. I don't think it's weird that you didn't do anything that night. I just thought it was weird that you never mm-hmm. told me you had a foursome before. That's what was weird. So, and right, I was asking right. dumb questions that didn't need to be asked, if you know what I'm saying? So I'm just bringing it back to oh, where no, we left I off. Know. Yeah. So now that we know that night it was a little bit PG, no one knows. I, I think, of course, these are your really good friends. There, I think, that of course, there, there has to be a slow pace I would I totally understand that so how does it progress and go further because eventually it does to the point where you know that girl winds up hooking up with your husband behind your back but like what happens before that yeah I think after that first night after I had a conversation an honest conversation with her friend to friend where she told me that it it felt you know it felt good it felt comfortable that they were interested in pursuing more of this having a foursome and once we once i felt that she truly was okay that there was a green light on their on both of their parts then we that's when we actually continued to pursue it and like i said we were very good friends we saw each other every week so every week we would hang with each other have drinks and then things just slowly continue that in that direction where we were just building on that whole sexual connection and then finding, a, you know, the, the right time. I think we were both parties were feeling a little um, nervous, anxious about making the first move. So I think it took a bit of time, but then slowly it went in that direction. Well, how did it go in that direction? You got to explain. Like, I wanted to take me there. <laughs> Tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we were at their place one time, but the next time, and again, there's the drinks are flowing and I sat next to her partner and he was very comfortable touching and, and sitting very close to me. And of course she sat next to my husband and it was very, it was very, everyone was getting a little bit more relaxed comfortable and then we were kissing each other and then I remember her not feeling comfortable about being in the same room which is what my husband and I wanted to have happen because we wanted the visual that's the part that really excited us but she was very uncomfortable with that scenario and she didn't feel that excited her if anything made her feel more awkward with her husband being there. So she took my husband down to the basement and they went to a separate room. 
And I think that was the first time that we came to realize that this is something that she's more comfortable with. Her partner was all do whatever you want me to do situation. So she, he followed her lead. So, and the problem was that we were following her lead as well. So they were, the two of them went to a separate room. I was with her husband. And so everything was great. I mean, the sex part was fine. I think what was not fine was the fact that my husband and I weren't connecting the way that we were hoping to connect with the whole visual, the voyeur, and the intimacy that we wanted to have. And unfortunately, it continued. It's like we started on that path and it continued down that path. So wait, you, so that night ends and you just fuck her husband in one room and she fucks your husband in another room and eventually you guys meet up in the living room? Um, yeah, when we come back to, so after everyone was done, we came back to the living room and then we were just chatting and then we called it a night kind of thing. So there was no conversation. There was no like, let's talk about this. Like yeah. we just. But she did make a point of saying, was- I would rather take him alone and you were okay with that in my mind I wasn't okay with it but because she was my friend and this is what she was asking I went with it and my husband went with it as well and then did he say she was good and was her husband good did you enjoy the experiences solo it was really good with on my end like with her husband everything was very comfortable everything was great I I think my husband wasn't as comfortable and I don't know is because of going in the separate rooms that first time, but he just felt he it wasn't as comfortable that first time for him. Okay. But you continue to do it, right? And every yes. time you do, it turns into this experience where you guys go in separate rooms and fuck each other's par- partners. Yes, it was, it would, it never came back, even though we would suggest, oh, well, what about we, you know, if we went to a hotel or another place, what do we, you know, stay in this room? Nope. It was just kiboshed and just like they would go to their separate rooms and continue like that. Now, did you ever fool around with her or was it only like full swaps with the members of the opposite sex? Well, there was one time that we had actually gone to a woman's retreat and it was like an empowerment, women's empowerment seminar retreat. And that's when I really connected with her one night, having a few glasses of wine during our downtime. And we actually connected and we actually played with each other without our husband. So it was just the two of us. So after that moment, that was the last time we, she and I actually connected. We so even Connected when we mean, you guys had sex, first... you fooled around all the way, you did everything yes. with each other, but you never did that again. It was only that time when you were alone. That's right. And even when we were together as a foursome, I wouldn't really be like even kissing or anything like that. It was just very, we kept it very separate. She was with my husband. I was with her husband. Do you think her husband knew that down. she was with you on that retreat? And did you tell your husband about the fact that you oh. was with her? Yep. But they never wanted, but they were never wanting you guys to do it in front of them. Like I would think the two guys, their wives hooked up someplace else. They'd be like, okay, well, let us get in on the action this time. You know what I mean? They never oh, requested I- a show. <laughs> 
I'm sure they would have welcomed it, but they never pushed it. They never said anything. I think she really was the leader in this, where she, whatever she wanted to do, that's what we all, all three of us followed her lead. So, so she like never you, wanted to hook up with you solo in front of them or anything. That girl on girl action wasn't top of mind for her ever again. So that never came up. She no. just wanted to fuck your husband in another room. <laughs> Watch out for that girl. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty, exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> okay. So, yes. so she keeps yeah. taking, I mean, how many foursomes do you have before you start to realize maybe something's up. I don't know. I mean, oh, during this time, a quick question though, before you answer that, during this time that you're with this couple, do you wind up with anyone else or you're still, this is just the only other couple you play with? That's a very good question. Nope. She, they were the only couple because we had actually mentioned to her like, oh, let's go to a club or let's do this. And she's no, I'm not interested. That's not something I want to do. It's just the four of us. So even if we, you know, remotely mention about going to a club with them or without them going down south to Alice Club. She would always remind that it's it's just the four of us. She didn't want to introduce anyone else into our world. And you guys and weren't she made open. That very clear. And you guys weren't open to looking for anyone else because you were just satisfied with them. Maybe right. I mean, that's well, what I'm assuming. We, we, yeah, to tell you the truth, we really would have been very open to exploring and seeing other couples. But because she was very adamant and very clear about how uncomfortable it made her having other people that we wanted to respect her, she they were friends. They were very good friends. So we wanted to be respectful of what she wanted instead of looking at what we, my husband and I, what we needed as a couple. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, listen, as I'm like the type of person that didn't listen to anybody my whole life. I got thrown out of three high schools. So it always blows my mind that people like listen to people. <laughs> but I think most people mm-hmm. do. And I get it. You know, you guys were being nice and considerate. And she took over that role. Like she was the one that set the fucking rules and you guys listened to her. And that's just the way that it went. And you mm-hmm. didn't feel like you had to say, even though you did. <laughs> you just didn't think you did. I mean, that's just the mm-hmm. way a lot of people are. Okay, so now, you know, how long does this go on for? We were in the relationship for almost two years. Wow. And during the, yeah, I know, it went on way too long. And during those two years, certainly I had lots of conversations with my husband about how this was not going the way that we wanted it to go. Why not? But what wasn't going the way you wanted it? Because she was always calling the shots every time we would suggest about maybe moving it a little bit further, like having the same room or the same bed or going to, like we went to Vegas together. She wanted to spend more time with him and instead of all of us sort of like together in the same bed, But she was inflexible. And very, and we tried, we would suggest and say that, well, this is not working for us. Like it's not. And she would always pull the card. Oh, well, it doesn't make me feel comfortable. And at the time I didn't realize how much she was manipulating the situation <laughs> and that we really were just, yeah. <laughs> well, no, listen, I'm going to tell you this because you're not a victim really. I don't know that she was manipulating what she was doing, which you should have been doing is she was thinking about her fucking self. Okay. That's all she thought about. She yeah. thought about her own feelings. She was doing what made her feel more comfortable. And none of you other three people 
felt like you could do that. I don't know why, because you can and you should have, but yeah. you didn't. I don't know that no. she was a master ma- manipulator concocting up this plan knowing. I think, you know, I would feel cheap doing that. I don't want to be in front of everybody. Like all those things I could see someone maybe feeling, but she was just the only one that spoke up and was forceful about it. And because you guys all thought like you just didn't have a strong enough voice, which you should have. I mean, people should have their own fucking voice, mm-hmm. but you didn't. So I don't know yeah, that she was manipulating you she was just a little bit more selfish and a little bit louder and you guys were too selfless i mean you need a little bit of her and you know because no absolutely everything you're saying i mean is is very true but i think when you sort of see more of the story that there was more layers to it well eventually oh listen i like i said i think it starts out that way it doesn't mean that when listen this woman eventually steals your fucking husband right and falls for him (laughs) so eventually it does become a manipulative thing right but i don't think in the be these mm-hmm. beginning phases where all this no, no, that's not you're, yeah, yeah you're that's right. not a master plan yeah. you know she's not being manipulative no, there yeah I, yeah I, I totally agree with you i don't think she knew we obviously were unaware i don't think she went with that intention i think it evolved from just experience and just wanting whatever she was missing in her life that she wasn't getting she didn't realize at the time and it just continued in that direction and it got, it grew stronger and stronger for her and she was meeting her own needs. Yeah. Well, she was doing that from the beginning. Like I said, I mean, that was from the beginning. She was only thinking of herself. And then eventually when she crossed the line with your husband, she was continuing to, I mean, that's where that kind of personality could be a problem. Right. But, but let's just, so what, Mm -hmm. let's get to that point where it does kind of shift where, things are changing like how did she make the move on your husband like were they texting uh, on the side were they starting to talk when they were in the room solo I mean how did it shift Mm -hmm. it shifted I remember when she was trying to buy a new vehicle and she was not she didn't know how to deal with the salesman and all that stuff and my husband was really into it so she's asked for his help oh, with yeah, me to yeah. the dealership. Yeah. And of course, I was not interested in going mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, as a friend, I'm like, absolutely ask my husband, he can help you. Oh, no. And I think that's where it be- began. And I remember my husband just he had always hated texting and messaging. That's not, if it was a lot of work, he didn't want to do it. This is all for fun. It shouldn't be a lot of work. And it was becoming more cumbersome in terms of the expectations on him to respond back. So I think before when I used to, it was like the ladies were texting and then the boys were out of it. And then it bled over where she started texting him. And then therefore I felt, okay, I guess I should be texting her husband to serve, to keep it all fair or even. And I think with her going out to the the car dealerships, I think that's where it really began, where she started to rev it up, where she had opportunities to connect with him more, having conversations. It would start off very innocent. What are you doing? But then it became more, are you missing me? So it was extending beyond the boundaries of what was acceptable in a foursome. Well, listen, it's hard to keep those boundaries clear when the people live next door to you. They're great friends of yours. You see them every week and you're fucking them Mm -hmm. in separate rooms. How do you say, okay, we'll do all of that and you live next door and we're all great friends, but you know, you can't go to the car dealership with my, your, my husband. Like, I totally understand why you were like, mm-hmm. fucking go. You trusted her. I mean, you had been trusting 
each other in very intimate ways by allowing each other to be with each other, right? I mean, that takes a lot of trust to even mm-hmm. go there to begin with. Yeah. Did you know that they were like, was her and her husband having issues? Because I wonder why is she starting to look at your husband as a a thing? And how does it turn out that he winds up sleeping with her behind your back? And how do you find out? I mean, that's a very good question. She never really said anything to suggest it. Like we all have our, all relationships go through certain points, but it seemed pretty stable. It seemed fine. So I never had an idea that she was missing anything maybe my blinders were on I maybe I didn't pick up on all the cues but she was staying at home with the kids her husband was working outside of the home and so maybe she felt something was missing I don't know and and then she started feeling well there's a connection where you know in the lifestyle I mean we make a very strong distinction between the physical and the emotional we compartmentalize everything or I'd like to think that that's what I do that's what my husband does but I think for her the intimacy the sex it was all wound together and it became it bled over and she was starting to look for someone that would give her what she was lacking in her current circumstance. But let me ask you this. Does your husband wind up falling for her too? No. And the the problem is because of that's why it gets complicated because she was my best friend. I kept reiterating how, oh my God, she's amazing. I'm so happy that we live like we're neighbors and we're becoming really close and he was constantly reminded of how close we were. And I think when he, there were many times he wanted to, you know, jump off and say, I'm done with it. But I think because of the complication of the friendship. The yeah, friendship but I got to cut you off, okay, because um, I need to get to the point where you find out. I mean, you did write in your email to me that he had an affair with her. So there's yep. some sort of deception that goes on. I was assuming affair yep. to me always feels like, oh, there's more than just sex involved, right? She winds up falling for your husband, but at some point your husband is lying to you too. Let's get to that point and then how do you find out? Yep. Well, basically, he, we what happened, we broke off. He actually said, I've had enough of this whole thing between her and her neediness and wanting to always connect and texting and all that. He goes, I've had enough. And I, at that point, I conceded with him. I said, I think you're right. I think we need to stop this foursome. And that's what we did. And when he broke it off and he decided to actually speak with her alone to tell her, she didn't take it well. And then they were basically, we didn't talk to the the four of us. We didn't talk over that summer. And then in the fall, I think I reconnected with her, sent her a message. Just, I don't know. I think I felt sad about the whole friendship. Yeah. And so basically... I found out that she had messaged, sent him a message just by looking at my email. I think because we, my husband and I, we worked together. I just happened to, was looking for an email and I saw that message from her. So she was reaching out to him. And basically what happened was that I confronted him. I said, I don't understand why she would actually message you like out of the blue when she and I are just reconnecting as friends right because you and basically assume that your husband and you hadn't spoken to them all summer i mean this you were supposedly on a break exactly 
Exactly. If I had no friendship with him and I didn't speak to her husband, there was no need for her to talk to my husband. Of course. And so what did your husband say? Basically, he broke down and he fessed up and said that he had, I said, there seemed to be a connection, something like, why is she reaching out to you? It doesn't make any sense. And he broke down and he admitted to the fair what had happened when I was away in Thailand for a couple of weeks, that that's when they had their affair. Well, what did he say? It was just a one-time affair, a one-time hookup without you knowing? Uh, yeah, during the two weeks that I was away, they had sex three times. And, but yeah. was it before that and too? She, I mean, was this a whole long affair no, or was it that time no. that he saw her while you it were was, away? No, it was, he had sex with her during those two weeks. And then before when they would go for the the car situation, car finding situation, they would meet up for coffee. And, and he said to me, and I believe him, they never had sex. It was only the the three times during the two weeks that I was away. But other times he had gone off and had coffee with her and had talks and they weren't at the dealership. So on an emotional level, it was happening before. And for him, he was explaining it then, which was really hard for me to believe at first. He explained it as we, he was told by her if you tell your wife, my best friend, our friendship is over and our, my marriage is over. So it was hanging over his head that he didn't want to create more of a situation. And I think he was blinded by that whole boundaries, uh, friendship, uh, secrets he got over his head basically well he fucked her while you were gone i mean i don't understand i mean he fell into it and wound up having sex with her he had sex with her before was he super apologetic because he had cheated on you kind of i mean even though he had oh no absolutely he was he like i said he was very remorseful he felt incredibly bad that he he kept it for me. Yeah, it's more so and... that, right? I mean, if he would have maybe called you oh. up, I mean, because this was someone he had sex with before, but it was like, I'm sure what's, I, I think, listen, any kind of cheating is always horrifying, but a big part of it is that deception, right? Or not being told. I mean, he kept it like a secret, like you just weren't in the know. Oh, absolutely. That's probably what broke me because of that. It wasn't the sex. We, like you said, we've had, he's had sex with her. Before. The physical was already there. It was the unknown, the, the him keeping it from me that when I was, when we were, we had broken up with him over that summer, I had told him how I missed her as a friend. And he, he had ample opportunity at any point to let me know what was really going down. So I was not saying, oh, well, I think I'm going to try to reconnect with her as a friend. If I had only known what she was doing or capable <laughs> you of doing, never there's no way I would have poked up. <laughs> so, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that foolish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, so he confesses to you and then what happens? I mean, what what was the outcome of that affair yeah, that he had? I mean, it, it was incredibly difficult. And I think that's why I wrote the book was to really just get through the heart, the, the broken heart that I had about this whole situation. I never thought he would ever... We had such a close relationship. We talked about everything. And I never thought that I would be on that side experiencing this. So we, it was rough. We left the lifestyle. We went through therapy and had to really 
go through a lot to try to see if we wanted to fix this, stay in it, or just go our separate ways. It was pretty devastating. But you were able to get past it? We were able to get past it because we both were able to continue to want to communicate. Like I wanted to understand what happened, what went wrong with him and I, why he couldn't tell me right from the get-go, why we didn't stand up to her as a couple. Why didn't we protect ourselves as a couple? I needed to understand all this. I needed to process this because there were so many different layers and it was so complicated and I didn't understand how it could go so wrong. Yeah, but it uh, right. No, and listen, I give you credit for getting past it. I, I don't necessarily think just because someone cheats that you have to, you need to throw away a whole marriage that was otherwise great for one indiscretion. I don't necessarily always believe in it. Each story is totally different, right? I don't know if you have kids or yeah. how much you have invested. You said you work together. I mean, to throw everything out because he fucked that girl three times. He fucked her before. He didn't fall in love with her, right? Yeah. It wasn't like that. That yeah. kind of entanglement could have been worse, right? She might have been in love with him, but your guy knew she was a fucking wackadoodle. I mean, he wasn't falling for her fit, like right. romantically, right? He just took an option. You weren't around for two weeks. He fucked her, got laid, and eventually yeah. you were able to get past it. I don't. I give you credit for that, for saving your marriage. I know that it's not easy, though, because I think, like you said, it's the just. It's the. I think the hardest part of that. It's not that he had sex with her. That is a part of it, though. But it's more so the d betrayal and absolutely of somebody that you felt like you shared everything with, and now all of a sudden they d didn't share that with you. It's terrible. I think you hit it right. Yeah, I, I. I think you hit it on the nail. I mean, it's the betrayal. It was the secret. It was not knowing and I felt like he I thought we had a stronger relationship that he would have been able to tell me everything and I think that's one thing that couples don't realize that there's a lot of times you don't communicate what you're really feeling and for whatever reason whether it's a hard conversation or you you're making assumptions about your partner and things do go awry I mean especially if you're in a longer term relationship or marriage that things will go awry and and things happen but it comes down to do you want to save your marriage do you want and I'm not advocating this for everyone. I think everybody's story is different. Everyone has a different situation and they need to do whatever feels is right for them individually and as a couple. And for me and for my husband, I felt like it was worth giving it more more time, more communication, more effort to get through it, whether it was through couples counseling us continuing to see if we had a future together and it was a lot of hard work and it like I, I, it was not easy it was definitely not easy at all but listen you have to give him credit because when you found that email like the email didn't have naked pics of her or there was no graphic no. details in there stating that she fucked your husband while you were gone so he could have completely lied to you and never told you and you and probably would have never found out so he obviously is probably not a serial cheater because he felt bad enough the minute you asked him to drop it and come clean and get it out. Because a lot of guys could have just lied. He could have just been like, it's nothing. She's crazy. She's just emailing me like a psycho. I don't know why she's emailing me. He didn't have to tell you he fucked her yeah. three times. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. And he didn't have to say anything. He could have just been very 
you could have just continued to bury it and just forget and say, move on. We're not even in this relationship, this foursome anymore. But he felt so guilty. So there's nothing more that I need to say. Yeah, he felt guilty. Yes, and I think did. that that's a good thing, right? Because it means, like, I always warn, I get a lot of cheaters on my show and I always love getting the story every even the cheater side of the story is always different right and you can't put all cheaters mm-hmm. in one category but whenever I have a cheater on my show that feels mm-hmm. guilty about it I'm like you can't do things that you feel guilty about my, I don't create your moral compass everyone has their own right so if some guy's cheating mm-hmm. he doesn't fucking care that's how he rolls but the guy that's doing it that feels guilty it means it's not going with who he is and those are the people I'm always right. like watch out because you're the type of cheater that gets caught because the part of you that is doing something that isn't right for who you really are is going to subconsciously sabotage you because you're not going to be able to live with it so obviously the fact that he felt bad about it is a good thing because plenty of people cheat without any fucking thought about it they don't feel guilty they would Mm -hmm. lie a million times you know what i mean so No, absolutely. Yeah, I think you make a really good point about that. I think it 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 saved our marriage really because when you have that guilt, I think you have some level of accountability that you need to own up to and that's where you can begin to start piecing back the pieces if you want. And I think that's why he was willing and why I would more importantly why I was willing to give it a second chance because I knew he showed the the guilt the remorse that he knew what he had done wasn't right and it wasn't something that he wanted to continue on that path and I think that's what saved our marriage really among along with the, the communicating and just just to nauseam like just talking and talking so I felt safe and I understood. And so it was a big part of that. Million dollar question is this. Would you guys ever have a foursome again? <laughs> or do anything like that again? Or have you? Oh, yeah. I mean, since that has happened, that was over 14 years ago. I mean, we've been back in the lifestyle after taking a break. And one thing we have decided not to do is to have a monogamous foursome ever again. It just... I mean, there's a negative connotation with it for us. And we don't want to have, I mean, the whole reason why we like it is because the whole lifestyle is the the variety, the just having no sort of set boundaries to do what we want to do and not feel like you're obligated just to one couple. So no, we have not been with another foursome monogamously. But you still are in the lifestyle. It's not like that turned you off to it. You didn't look at that thing that happened and and think that it happened because you had an open relationship obviously it happened because that girl wasn't so stable mm-hmm. <laughs> you know she was boundaryless mm-hmm. yeah. so and you yeah. spent too much time and you learned from that and now you go back into the lifestyle you guys play with other couples are you still rolling doing like yeah. full swaps and stuff like that yeah we're i mean after t- taking a, a some time off just just to recollect ourselves and bring ourselves back to a healthy place as a couple i mean we went back into the lifestyle and it was where now we had defined rules of what would be good for us as a couple, the two of us, not taking anyone else's consideration. It was just about us and going into the lifestyle with a new sort of viewpoint. I think that's what we were able to do and enjoy better 
knowing that we can be with other couples and experience and do exactly what what we started to do in the first place, why we were drawn to the lifestyle in the first place. So yeah, we're back into it full swap and we're at a better place because we're communicating more, telling each other what we want, what we don't like. And what but also we, communicating with know. the other couples. I feel like that was a big problem with all Absolutely. of you guys, right? That, yeah. that, no. that girl was bossing you guys around. There. Yeah, that girl was yeah, bossing you guys around and you didn't speak up. So now you're really communicating not only with each other, but with other couples and really put putting your needs first, like she did for herself, talking, you know, going for what you makes you guys feel comfortable and making sure you guys are okay with the situation. I mean, you were never okay with her solo playing, but you allowed yeah. it. Like you wouldn't do that now. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're right. That I think that's the biggest change is being able to communicate to the other couples exactly what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And if they do, if it doesn't align with them, then we bid them farewell and say, you know what, it was very nice meeting you, but we're moving on to the next couple. That's going to be more in line with what we want to do. So yeah, absolutely. It's about communicating that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So give a shout out to your book, tell people where they could find it. I'll put a link in my description too. Okay, perfect. So my book is called The Swinger in the Mirror. <clears throat> the Swinger in the Mirror, My Secret Life. And you can find it on my website, theswingerinthemirror.com. Sold in all the usual places, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, so forth. So, all right, yeah. cool. So I'll put a thing there now. I have a Patreon. I don't know if you know this, but I have a Patreon where people send in sexy pics. No faces. Everyone remains anonymous <laughs> unless you're like a famous person that wants to be out. It's fine. But... If you want, you could send me a, a pic. Do you want to send in a, a, a faceless pic for my Patreon? Oh, absolutely. I could definitely do that. Okay, cool. Send me a couple of pics for my Patreon. So people want to put a body, they won't see your face because you're going to remain anonymous. Okay, mm-hmm. Kim Lee, that's your pen name. That's the name on the book. They could see that over my Patreon. I will put a link to your book. Thank you so much for calling in. I love your story. It's super interesting with so many different layers. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated having this opportunity to chat with you. And you had some really amazing, intriguing questions that made me think more about it. <laughs> awesome. That's what I do. I'm like a detect- I like to peel back the millions of layers and find out everything. I'm just like naturally. You certainly did that. <laughs> yeah, I'm naturally curious. I never have one question written down. And just my brain always wants to know more and more. So uh, thanks for going with it. And thanks for calling in, Kim Lee. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, so send me that picture sooner than later. And then um, also what I could do is give you access to my Discord where you could go on and say, hey, I'm Kim and this, and you could promote your book. My Discord is attached to my Patreon. Everyone else pays for that, but because you called into my show, I'll give you free access to my Discord. It's very X-rated in there. I mean, it's like a community of X-rated shit. I was like, people were always sending me their X-rated stuff. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't deal with that. But I created this community on Discord. It's behind a paywall. People go in there. If you want to promote your book and go in there, you can. I'll give you the free link. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but I will send that to you as well. There's 1,500 people in there, so it can be a good way to advertise your book as well. You can put links to your book. Sounds great. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Kim. All right. Thank you for your time. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. 
Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.